from DynastyLeagueFootball.com and the DLF family of podcasts, this is the Super Flex Super Show. Your main source for strategy, speculation, player values, and all things Super Flex. With innovative strategies like QBX and the Super Flex Flywheel, exercises like Tinder Flex, Super Six, Your Nuts, and Next Week This Week, the Super Show's super friends never lack the content you need to help you draft and manage your roster in the fastest-growing fantasy football format, Superflex, on the Superflex Super Show. Enjoy your DLF podcast and stay sexy and super flexy. Petrella, and I have a trading problem. I'm Drew DeLuca, and I'm more of a binge trader. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so as you heard, it's just two of us here tonight. No no Russ. Uh, Russ had a family issue, could not make it tonight. But I do have Drew DeLuca, great guy. I had him on uh, Dynasty Junkies recently, uh, and I mentioned there uh, when I went to the expo last year, me and Drew could not like avoid each other. Uh, <laughs> just kept running into each other all over the expo, hoping to hoping to see him again this year there. Uh, but glad to have him on the podcast. And uh, so, yeah, there's not really much going on NFL-wise right now. We were just talking about that before the uh, – before the show, pretty much, uh, you know, we're post Super Bowl, pre everything else, so uh, we don't really have any news tonight. So I'm just gonna, um, I got, I'm just gonna mention that this is episode 252 of the Trade Addicts podcast. It's a member of the DLF family of podcasts, and of course, a proud member of the DAP net, the Dynasty Addict Podcast Network, the DAP Network, if you will, and we will. So, Drew. Why don't we get right into it? And you, uh, why don't you tell us, uh, everybody, who you are, what you do, and where they can find what you do? Sure, I'm Drew DeLuca, and I'm on Twitter at, at Drew Delaware. I'm a senior writer at QB List. Uh, before that was with NFL Spin Zone, and I'm also uh, a ranker on Fantasy Pros. Uh, so I do uh, the season long rankings there, and also the draft rankings. So, um, so yeah, pretty good year last year. Um, 2021 draft rankings were top ten. And then uh, hit the top ten three times, I think, this year in season. So, uh, so be on the lookout for those rankings uh, going forward. Uh, yeah, we'll beat you, Mister Top Ten, over there. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but uh, we'll get right into our little uh, interview we like to do with all our new guests. So uh, happy to have you on for the first time. Mm-hmm. How long have you been playing fantasy, Drew? 
Oh, geez. Uh, probably 25 years at least. So I started back in the 90s. So back when uh, Emmett Smith and Barry Sanders were on teams and, and Vinny Testaverde was actually a guy who won a roster once in a while. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so. Drew, 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 you team, team old guy like me playing back yeah. in the 90s. Yeah. Yep. And uh, the, get, getting scores via email, via the uh, USA Today, man. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> the sports section. Yeah. And how about pencil and paper? Yeah, pencil and paper. Yep, I, I started. I started briefly in the '90s and then picked it back up in the 2000s. But uh, how about how long you've been playing Dynasty? Uh, I'm not. Quite, I'd say probably about last ten years or so. Really started get it started doing that. So longest running league I have is uh, on Flea Flicker. Uh, so, but that's been a lot of fun. So uh, the with uh, the fantasy football guys, uh, Kevin Moore and Lyle Conkeel. Uh, and uh, some some of their tried and true uh, long-time listeners as well. So uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, Liz Loza from uh, ESPN's in there as well. So it's, a, it's a pretty good league because it's been going on for a while. Sounds like a great group, but I, I yeah. would recommend you get it off of Flea Flicker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the biggest Flea Flicker yeah. fan. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so of course we got to ask you about your trades. How, what, what's the – you can start with the, whichever you want, your best trade, your worst trade. Which one you want sure. to start with? Well, let's start with the positive. Let's, uh, I'd say the best trade was, I'm looking at back here, 2019, uh, I had David Johnson back when he was still something, and I was able, was able to get good old Rex Burkhead for him, but really that wasn't the deal sealer. It was a, <laughs> I ended up getting a uh, future second and a future first. So in 2019, I got a 2021 20, second round pick, which I, I believe I used for Travis Etienne, uh, and because I guess he had the injury or whatever. And then the 2022's first round pick ended up being the 101 Brees Hall last year. Oh so, wow, that's that, yeah, that's that, a that nice move out, right there. That worked out quite well. Yeah. Um, the the worst. Uh, this is embarrassing to talk about, but uh, it was back. <laughs> it was it was two years before that. I had, I really wanted DeAndre Hopkins, uh, and uh, so I got him and the animated corpse of Lashawn McCoy uh, and a fourth round pick, and I gave up uh, Dalvin Cook. Uh, Paul Richardson, no loss there, and then a uh, second, and then I this is 2017, and the guy wanted to he, he's gonna need a quarterback. Uh, I'll take that the the rookie you got there, and I'm like, oh, sure, he's played in one game. Why not Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> <laughs> I knew that's what was coming when you said quarterback. Yeah, it's so funny. So, like, I've uh, I mentioned this I think on this podcast before, definitely somewhere. I. One of my best trades is uh, one of my first league. I think the first league I started as a commish, like uh, when I got into Dynasty through like Twitter, like Twitter leagues and people I pulled in from Twitter. Uh, the first year, but I think before we even started, after the startup, they, uh, I got, I traded Eli Manning and JJI for second year Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, because he'd only played the one game the previous year. Nobody knew how good he was, and yeah, that that that's my best trade ever. But yeah. uh, but so I'm I'm the opposite side of you. But yeah, I think a lot of people probably might have some rookie year Patrick Mahomes type trades that they feel pretty good about. Yeah, I was I really wasn't about. worried. I wasn't worried about Patrick Mahomes at the time. I had Deshaun Watson. What could possibly go wrong? So. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Okay, and then finally, what's a guiding principle you take with you when you're doing trades? Uh, I guess for me, it's just trying to not worry so much about. I, I kind of arrived at this over over time, over years. Is 
I try not to worry so much about winning the trade as much as it is about making sure that I'm getting my needs met, um, that I'm getting either rid of uh, assets that I don't want or need, and I'm gaining ones that I do, if that makes sense. So I'm plugging holes, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm accruing assets, doing the things I need to do. Uh, and if, it, if, it, if in the end game of it, I'm a little behind, uh, at least at the moment, so be it. I mean, I trust the process, trust your evaluations, because so a trade calculator might say that you're in the negative where you value a certain player much higher than most people do, and then it might work out in your favor. So um, that's kind of that's kind of it for me. So um, uh, be fluid and make sure that you're just kind of kind of doing right by what you think your team needs. Yeah, that's so true. I, people too often worry about winning trades, and and yeah, if you made your team better, don't worry about if the calculator says you won the trade or not. Yeah. It, 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 the calculator doesn't can't take in the context of your team. Right. And it's uh, funny. I have a Keith in the chat here. It was the guy I made the? He's actually watching the night. It's hi. It's me. I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> Quoting some uh, Taylor Swift there. Then I tra- he's the one who traded me Mahomes. So. Nice. <laughs> and he's also a patron. So. Um, but we'll get into, uh, like I, I mentioned at the top, there's no real major news this week. Nothing I thought was worth putting on here to talk about. So we're going to get right into the trades and listener questions. Uh, so, uh, Drew, we let the, we always let the guests decide. Do you want to start with trades or do you want to start with listener questions? Um, let's we'll start with the trades and we'll get to the questions after that. Okay, I mean, actually, I'm probably going to throw one of the two questions. We only have two questions tonight. Okay. One of them kind of applies to one of the trades, so I might just throw that in there sure. uh, when we get to it. But uh, So just a reminder for everybody, uh, Trade Addicts Leagues are 12-team PPR Superflex 1.75 tight end premium with .05 per return yard for all leagues, ex- I think still except TA1, but we have no TA1 trades. But uh, not that the return yards really matters too much for most of these. But uh, but we have we have a decent amount of trades this week in, in a bunch of the different leagues. We have like one or two from, I think, like six different leagues. So TA2 is what we'll start with, uh, an interesting one here, Drew. Right. Uh, Dalvin Cook and Travis Kelsey for J.K. Dobbins, Michael Pittman, and the 109. Hmm. Which they side do you want cook. there? How do you look okay. at that trade? Yeah, Cook and Kelsey on one side, and was it Pitt, Pittman? Pittman, Dobbins, and the 2023 109. On uh, the 109, hmm. Uh, um, well, context is everything here, too. So if I'm if I am winning now, I, I like the I like the cast the Kelsey Cook side. Uh, but if I am building for the future, then I'm, I'm obviously one that other side, the 109. Um, Pittman and uh, I'm sorry, the last one was Dobbins. Dobbins, yeah. So, I, I'm Dobbins is a hard one for me to value for to evaluate for because I don't know, we don't know what's going on with Lamar. Um, we assume he's going to be there. Uh, assuming he is there, I kind of feel like he kind of limits Dobbins a little bit in that. Uh, Lamar's kind of focal point of that running rushing attack. He calls his own number sometimes in the red zone. So, uh, and then they also like Gus. They've been spreading the ball around a little bit there. So, I kind of think Dobbins is kind of a value of a little high. I think uh, based on based on the, based on what we want him to be versus what he is and has been so far. Uh, so, I it's a great question. Um, 
but uh, you know, unless I'm unless I'm winning at all, or uh, you know, just kind of going for broke this year, then I'd probably I'd probably take that that Pittman one hundred and nine and Dobbins side uh, yeah. with with that caveat. So, see, I'm on the other side of the Dobbins thing. I, I for like you said, if if Lamar does go, and that might not even be bad for Dobbins, which I think you oh, kind yeah. of said, yeah, mm-hmm. is that you know maybe and, and the new offensive coordinator, we don't know exactly how they're going to use the running backs. True, um, whether he might get more of a load, whether they'll pass to the running backs more, and I think if Lamar is gone, there's a chance they pass the running backs more as well. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, not having the Lamar rushing threat can you know can limit holes a little more. That you, we always know, running quarterback helps the running back, but. And also the fact that he's a, a year removed um, from the ACL injury, I think helps out. We always see, tend to see that the uh, that first year back can be a little tougher for whoever it is uh, that gets the like like with Saquon, for instance. Yep, uh, he was much better year two after coming back from the ACL. So mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of high on I, I'm I'm with the market on Dobbins, I guess. Uh, I, I'm pretty high on him, and I think that's why I would take that side as well. Uh, you know, cook, where are you at on cook? Like I cook scares the hell out of me. I think, I think it's a great time to trade Dalvin cook. So I'm trying to do that in my, the one dynasty league I'm in, I'm trying to move him. I was able to move Derek Henry towards the end of last season when I knew that I wasn't going to win the league. I had some bad luck there towards the end. Uh, So I had, like I said, they had, I had Brees hall. Um, I had a couple of the guys go down. I had cup. He, He had kind of rough, rough season. Uh, so it just didn't, it wasn't working out. So I figured this was the time to sell Henry. So I did that. Um, and cook cook is the guy that I'm hoping that I can move this off season. So, yeah, I, I just, even last year he was, he was good, but he wasn't Dalvin cook of years past. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I don't know what's going to happen with him this year. Kelsey seems like he's just going to be great forever until he retires. <laughs> so yeah. I get wanting to acquire Travis Kelsey, but I think, I think this is enough for it's hard to get much for Cook, especially on his own. So mm-hmm. I think this is pretty good value for those two guys. I think I would take the Dobbins Pittman one oh nine side. I wouldn't even mind it if I was a, a contending team. I, I get one in the Cook and Kelsey side in that case, but it's kind of a chance to reload while still having fairly productive players. So I, yeah. I could see it either way. Yeah, uh, and the one the one oh nine could be a great a great one too. I mean it's a pretty pretty solid draft, uh, especially if in Superflex as well. Uh, you're 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 digging deep, even deeper there. Uh, good receiver class. Uh, got some good run. Obviously, Bijan. Yeah, I was going to say Bijan so. and Gibbs will be gone, but there's a few yeah. other running backs that could end up at, at, in that late first range because the quarterbacks sure. will get pushed up and super flex mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And you know, and Jig uh, Smith and Jigba and uh, probably Johnston and uh, Addison are all probably going to go before the first nine picks or first, in the yeah. first eight picks too. So. Yep. So that RB three could even be there at one oh nine, depending on where uh, Levis and Richardson uh, go in the draft. For sure, yeah. Uh, and we, with the, with the, we have a lot to figure out still with the combine too. There's going to be some way that obviously people that are that'll fall maybe too much than they should, or maybe somebody uh, you know. That I think you could probably get a, some really good value with the one oh nine. So we're not even talking about getting a first rounder in this deal, but I, I think that's I think for me that's the the icing on the cake as to as to I think in a bubble why that's the best side. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, if that's the RB three. I mean, there's that by next year, there's a chance mm-hmm. that guy is going to be uh, valued. If he performs halfway decent, it's going to be valued well over Dalvin Cook alone. So, uh, mm-hmm. and then it's like Dobbins and Pittman for Kelsey. So, I don't think you can get the one nine for Dalvin Cook right now. So, uh, yeah, makes a lot of sense. 
Yeah, I think I think Cook right now is getting to the point where David Johnson was when I traded him several years ago. So he's yep. he's not far away from that precipice. So agreed, agreed. Yeah. Uh, okay, so this next one is me. So I'm going to let you start again, and then I'll, I'll I'll get into what I was thinking here. But uh, Deshaun Watson, this is TA three. Deshaun Watson for the 102 and Chig Conquo. So hmm. uh, which side you like here, and why is it mine? <laughs> but I'm not going to so, tell you which it is until you uh, so, until you answer. So you had the 102 and Chig, and it's for Deshaun Watson, right? Yes. Uh, uh um, well, I do like Chig, um, probably more than most. Uh, the 102 you're looking at probably either Stroud or, or Young, or or Young, yeah, uh, and you're versus Watson, so. This is this is rough because uh, you have to take the personal feelings aside for Watson out and, and recognize that he is of an elite talent. So um, that's what makes this so so hard. But I think if you believe in Young, if you believe in Stroud, um, I kind of want to know their landing spots really before I can say for certain. But you know, you know that Watson now has a year, uh, you know, with of experience with with uh, Mari Cooper and with with that with that team there. I can't imagine he's going to be any worse than he was. He's got to get better. Um, I, I want to say Watson. I just I'm having a hard time bringing myself to say it. <laughs> I just, uh, but I I think I, I, uh, I guess it's the fact that I like Chig. Maybe that that I think I kind of feel like that Watson could end up being probably similarly valued to to Stroud or or Young. So maybe having a guy like Chig who was the fastest tight end in the draft last year um, and really did more than was asked of him, I think, last year in Tennessee. Uh, I, I kind of I'm, – I'm kind of talking myself more to that side, actually. <laughs> so, But I think the, the I think the, I think the brain is saying Watson, but I think the heart is saying – I know. It's, uh, it's funny why she sort of like, go back and forth as yeah. you talk it out. Yeah. Uh, it, it sounds like you landed on the 102 side, which is the wrong yeah. side, Drew. I got Watson in this <laughs> yeah, deal. Yeah. That's uh, what the brain says. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I, and I'm actually rebuilding, but mm-hmm. I'm sort of mid-rebuild. So I'm kind of looking – I'd rather – I'd ra- I'm a big believer in Watson going forward. Mm-hmm. I get the whole – and I get the whole moral issues. I I, I yeah. do separate that with fantasy. You know, yeah. we all roster – most of us roster Joe Mixon's or Tyree Kills or – you know, different guys. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of, you know, I look at it as I, I, I am rostering their stats. I'm not rostering mm-hmm. the human being. Like, so, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's kind of how I look at it. Yeah. The other downside to Watson is that he's I play 27 now. So at some point he's going to hit a point where his legs aren't going to be as valuable as they are now or, or as they presently are. So that's the one thing. I think you have a, another year or two at least, if not probably a good two years at least before we start seeing kind of the decrease in, in his ability to kind of really be a factor on the ground. Um, so whereas depend, depending on the situation there, depending on who you get at 102, uh, you're looking at obviously a much longer uh, career of potentially being elite. So, but I think, I think, if you're, I think in Dynasty, you kind of want to play for that two to three year window anyway. So I think I think the Watson side makes sense uh, for sure in that in that case. So. Yeah, and I that's the way I was looking. I originally actually sent this as Watson for the one hundred and two or one the well 
technically the 102 for Watson. I had the 102, mm-hmm. thinking I'd rather have the the guy I believe is going to be a good long term starter than a maybe in Stroud or Young. Sure. And even without the legs, you know, he's never been like a a Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson type rusher. And he he did lead the league in uh, passing yards his last full uh, season. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like he can't throw the ball too. So uh, it's just a matter of how it's going to pan out in Cleveland. I'm, I'm a believer that last year was kind of, kind of expected. Uh, Russ and I had often talked about that, Mm -hmm. uh, in the in the preseason last year and during the season that even when Watson came back, mm-hmm. uh, neither of us really expected him to be Deshaun Watson of, of you know, a couple of years ago uh, right. after being out so long, you know, new system, first time actually playing in real games in that system, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so I, I still think he's like a top eight to ten guy. And uh, I thought this sure. was a decent price for that. And I do I do like uh, a Conquo a lot, too. Uh, but I, I, I am in many, many, many leagues. So I have about probably seven, eight, nine Aconquo shares elsewhere. So if he blows up, yeah. I'll be fine. You know, I'm fine losing one and I'll have them in eight other leagues. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just thought it was a decent price for Watson. Uh, I, I forget if we we talked about this or not before, Drew, but I, I am a guy definitely who generally doesn't pay up for quarterback and super flex, but I didn't think this was paying up too much. I, no. Like, just adding a adding adding a conquo to a rookie quarterback to get a guy I think can be top eight ish, uh, mm-hmm. I, I thought was pretty good. So that's that's where I was with it, and it gives me uh, Watson and actually Murray now, which is better quarterbacks than I have on most of my teams. So yeah. even in Superflex, so yeah, I think Watson's high seeing was probably top five actually, um, at least for the short run. Uh, so I, I don't hate that at all in that perspective. So I, and I, I will say this to the more, the more we break this down and analyze that one or two, and you're looking at Stroud, you're looking at young. So, I mean, they could move, but not, neither one of them is, you know, Jalen Hurts or Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson. They're not going to rack up, you know, six, seven, 800 yards on the ground. I don't think. Uh, so whereas Watson has that ability to at least give you four or 500, um, you know, uh, pretty solidly. So I, I think from that perspective as well, you talk about the, those guys being maybes. Uh, the ceiling or the, the floor, I should say, is not as high with those guys, I think, as we would like it to be. Right. And, so and I think the floor yeah. is pretty high with Watson, even yes. if he's not what he used to be. Yeah, sure. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll move on to the next one, which is from TA4. And this one uh, was uh, involving Russ. Uh, Jared Goff and... Uh, that's our Russ, not Russ Wilson. Uh, Jared Goff and two hundred two <laughs> for Mac Jones and a twenty twenty four second. Uh, I'll start off with this one and then I'll throw it to you, Drew. I sure. I actually want the Jared Goff side here. I'm I'm warming up to Jared Goff as a guy who likes to get cheap quarterbacks. I guess there is a little worry that uh, they could take someone in the draft. Um, but they're not, I mean, they're not picking high, but it, Richardson is maybe a guy that could go there or something like that mm-hmm. because yeah. he's not expected to go top 10. But I, I mean, Goff is Goff has performed for them and he's still signed uh, for a little while here. He's got a lot of weapons. He was, I, I won a, a redraft title with Jared Goff as my quarterback mm-hmm. last <laughs> year. Uh, he was, he was putting up points uh, all over the place and he's going to get a, a fully healthy Jamison Williams next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm in raw. Yeah, yeah Amon Ra, of course. Uh, Swift is great out of the backfield. Uh, I guess they, they they needed an upgraded tight end now, but they they got a couple mm-hmm. receivers and a good receiving running back. And 
I just I think Goff is still a little underrated compared to where he should be, and I don't. Russ keeps liking, liking to point out how Bill O'Brien is there now. I I don't know that does enough for me to like Mac Jones all that much. Uh, yeah, and, and the two hundred two is, is 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 nothing to sneeze at here either. Like two hundred two mm-hmm. in this draft, you could have a nice receiver there. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, maybe there's probably at least three to five decent running backs, uh, decent to very good running backs, if not more. Uh, so two hundred two, I think, is going to be a pretty good pick in this draft. So. Uh, I definitely want that side. I'm curious what your thoughts are. I agree. I'm, um, I'm, I'm thinking I'm the same mindset. And uh, Mac Jones, to, to me, presents as many questions as answers. Uh, I know he's younger than Goff by, what, a good probably three or four years at yeah. least. Um, but that's the only thing, really, that's it. I mean, there's something, some uh, reports that came out recently uh, out of New England about Bill Belichick being very frustrated with Mac Jones and uh, and how he carried himself. And I, I think part of it is the fact that he's got, you know, he's trying to fill Tom Brady's shoes. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's probably part of it. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, there were some pretty questionable decisions and things that he was kind of making. He, he definitely did not perform as high as we had hoped that he would this year. Uh, and uh, you don't want to be on the wrong side of Bill Belichick. So I know Bill O'Brien's coming in. That's nice, but Bill it's Belichick definitely better still... than Joe Judge and Matt Patricia. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm not a big Bill O'Brien guy for whatever that's worth. Uh, but uh, and as long as Bill Belichick's there, I, I don't know that you know Bill O'Brien's going to come in and save the day. So I, I agree with you. I think Goff is much much more of a known quantity. I like the offense that he's in. Uh, he's, he's not, he's not like he's 35 years old or anything. He's like 28. So he still has plenty of useful years. He's not, his value's not tied to his legs. Like we talked about, um, he's, he's an efficient passer. He's definitely competent. Uh, and I, I agree with you on the, on the two or two. I mean, that's like, you're looking at first probably, I'm going to put out, go out on a limb and say that whoever's going to two or two this year is probably equal value to a, a mid to late first last year. Um, this is a pretty deep draft and I'm pretty excited uh, to have that 202 in golf, if I'm able to kind of let Mac Jones be somebody else's problem. Yeah. And, and, and as we often point on the podcast, like early second in some years in usually good drafts, like this one is expected to be, uh, I mean, we've seen like Michael Pittman go in the early second mm-hmm. in recent drafts, uh, T Higgins. Uh, there's definitely guys there that, that, can fall to the second and end up being really good, valuable starters for you. Mm-hmm. And I would expect this draft to probably, you know, you got to pick the right guy, but I would expect mm-hmm. this draft, you're going to see some second rounders that we're talking about in a year or two that are, are, are quality starter fantasy starters for you. Yeah. Hooker, maybe Tennessee quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's with the injury. He could, he could be a steal as a second round pick potentially in super flex. So. Might yeah, be a little high two or two, but might be a little high from a two or two. But that's the point. The general point is there. So yeah, and yeah. Mac Jones. Uh, the other issue with him too, I think, is the weapons, and mm-hmm. they could be upgraded. But like, do we trust New England to upgrade the receiving core like ever? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just been like they've never been able to draft. It seems like anyone as a receiving option, that's any good. So, yeah. uh, I mean, it's nice. They gave Nelson Aguilar a job and something to do. It's pretty yes. cool. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they had Randy yeah. Moss and, uh, uh, 
they, they managed to get Julian Edelman years and years ago in the seventh yeah. round, but it's hard to think of anyone they've really drafted that's panned out to yeah. a significant degree. A Dion Branch, maybe for a year or two. Yeah, that was like so, what yeah. twenty years ago at this yeah. point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so yeah, I just to me that was pretty easily the golf side, which I believe is the side Russ got. So he'll be happy to hear us uh, talking that side up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll move on to the next one which this is mostly pretty much pick related. There's one player in here that doesn't really matter, uh, but it's from TA five. The one Oh two was traded for the one Oh four, a 24 second and Isaiah Hodgins. So for the one Oh four and a 24 second, <laughs> I don't think we need to really factor in Isaiah Hodgins too much there. So <laughs> is, is the 24 second enough to, to move down from the one Oh two to the one Oh four Drew? Uh, 24 second, probably not for me. I mean, I, I, I'm looking at, you never know what can happen in a draft, right? So uh, it's context is everything. Obviously, Bijan is the one everybody wants. He's the one-on-one. Mm-hmm. But say the person who has the one-on-one needs a desperately needs a quarterback, and maybe they have, got a, they have a thing for Stroud or they have a thing for so-and-so, and they're going to be bold and take their guy, and all of a sudden Bijan's sitting there at 102 and you're kicking yourself. Because you traded, because you got cute and traded down to the one hundred four. So, <laughs> I don't, you, know, I, you know, we also talk about how those two right now, those two quarterbacks are kind of head and shoulders above the other prospects at the moment. So we look, we kind of feel like we know who, you know, one hundred one, one hundred two, one hundred three is going to be. So, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know that it moves the needle enough for me. What do you think? Yeah, I'm with you. I. And uh, again, me, even me not being a big quarterback, I do like to grab them in rookie drafts um, mm-hmm. because you're basically just paying one first round pick. And I don't think that's enough to move out. Like you're missing out on Bijan and the two quarterbacks, most likely, unless yeah. something crazy happens in the draft. Mm-hmm. Where, like you said, we're almost certain those are the top three picks uh, at this point. And I just think there's a lot more value in having, even if you rather have say Jameer Gibbs at 104 or or whoever your wide receiver one is Smith and Jigba Addison whoever mm-hmm. at 104 I, I I just don't think a second is enough to move off the quarterback uh that you'll yeah. get at 102 you could draft that quarterback and probably trade for uh something worth more than the 104 and a 24 second to me I just think the way other people you know the way people value quarterbacks superflex like Stroud and Young are just going to, you know, have a ton of value. They're going to probably be top 15 quarterbacks the second they're drafted in terms of ADP. So uh, not in terms of production, but ADP. So I I just, I would need a little more. I, and Isaiah Hodges isn't doing it for me. So, <laughs> so I'm with you on that one. He's a nice spare part, but uh, he's not, not going to be a deal breaker on that one. So, yeah, I, I, I think that's the right move for sure. So. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna jump ahead uh, to TA eight. Uh, I'm gonna leave our sleeper trade of the week for last because it's a pretty interesting one. But TA eight, and this this does uh, kind of this is the one I said goes in with one of our questions. Uh, Elijah Moore for a 2025 20, second and a 2025 20, third, and the the listener question that goes along with it. We all love the talent, but what is Elijah Moore worth now? Are you buying or selling? So uh, is Elijah Moore worth a 25 second and third, or is he worth more? Uh, and I'll get to the second part of, of uh, Kelly's uh, KP Poker KP Kelly's question um, after we talk about the trade. 
But uh, what what do you think? Is that enough? Is that are you selling Elijah more for that, or do you want more? Well, I think it's pretty fair value right now for me. I I don't I. I, you can't expect to get a first for Elijah Moore right now. And I think if I can get a second for him, I'd be okay with that. I get a third on top of it. I'm, I'm right with moving him for a second and third. Uh, I know that it's a little long to wait 2025. That's the, that's the, the, the thing for me. Um, uh, but uh, we also, we don't know what's happening in the, with the Jets either. So um, I, we were all so high on Elijah Moore coming into this year. And I, I'm trying to rem- remember, uh, a can't miss guy who missed so badly uh, <laughs> as like more did this year. So um, I think if you believe in the talent uh, more and you believe that, you know, things are going to be different in New York, uh, there are reasons for optimism for the jets for the first time in a very long time. Um, I, I can see wanting the more side there. Um, but for me, uh, part of it's knowing that I generally try to have some solid receivers and knowing that I would probably be able to have more expendable, but I kind of like the idea of being able to get some picks. Part of it for me is how, you know, not knowing how high the second and how high the third are. That's the, that's the the problem for me because it's so far out. You don't have any really read on, you know, is this going to be a mid second? Is this going to be a late second? Is it going to be an early second? So that's the, that's the only downside for me um, in that whole equation. So, I mean, in a bubble, I probably like the second or the third for more. Um, but again, it's just a long time to wait. That's where I'm at with it is, is the, the, the time to wait 25 seconds and thirds are, are just so far out to me. I know we have them available on MFL now at this point, uh, because of the rollover, but you're talking three drafts from now. Mm-hmm. And I get Elijah Moore is kind of a total enigma, if I can speak words, uh, a total <laughs> enigma at this point uh, because he looked so good that rookie year, but now Garrett Wilson is there. He has such an awful quarterback last year. Uh, as you said, we don't we don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be, but it, it almost has to be an improvement uh, right. over what he had previously. I don't expect Elijah Moore to be a star, but I, I think he could be a, a wide receiver two, three type, like a, a low end, two high end three, mm-hmm. if the right quarterback ends up there. So I think I'd want a little more than a 25 second and third, just because it's 25. Like if you even said yeah. 24 second and third, I could maybe be talked into it, yeah. but uh, I, 2025, 2025 is a little too long to wait for me. Uh, and in terms of Kelly's question, are you buying or selling? I, I mean, at this price, I would be buying. I, I, if anybody has uh, a 25 second and, or Elijah Moore and they want to send me for my 25 second and third, I'll probably pay that. So okay. uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm in a bunch of leagues. So if you're listening, you can go ahead and send it over. I'll probably pay. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't think it's crazy. I just, mm. it's what you said. Waiting three drafts is just a little much for me. Yeah. And I, I'll also throw in what you just, uh, a name you just said with Garrett Wilson. He's that dude. And for me, yes, he's, he he's going to be the alpha in, in New York. Uh, and I think I think he's relegating Elijah Moore to kind of a bit role. Uh, and I, I, that, with that in mind, for me, I'm okay with getting a second and third, even though it, that's the thing. It's just, do I want to wait that long? That's, that's right. the bottom line. So, yeah. 
And uh, the second part of Kelly's question, and I love that he said this because it's I in my you know Russ throws out the tweet every week uh, for listener questions, and he always asks a random question. So I I threw a random question in there. What is your favorite '80s movie? And okay. uh, Kelly said, "Why is The Breakfast Club the best '80s movie?" And I I love The Breakfast Club. I I've seen The Breakfast Club probably at least fifty times. Can quote mm-hmm. it word for word, every curse word in there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you a Breakfast Club fan, Drew? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's a great movie. It's a great flick. Probably uh, it is. It is a quintessential '80s movie. Yes, it's it, so uh, you can't 80s go wrong too, with it. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> it's kind of timeless in a way too. As, as much as it's kind of much as it's representative of the '80s. You know the kind of message is kind of timeless yeah. for that too. And I think that nice was a John so. Hughes movie too, wasn't yeah, it? So. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I'm not positive, yeah. but I think it was. And the, yeah, John Hughes is kind of quintessentially 80s to me too. So uh, he, he was into the 90s too, but yeah. that he was still producing good stuff. But there's mm-hmm. a lot of good 80s movies by John Hughes. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the next one also from TA8, uh, Malik Willis, Ryan Robinson. Uh, 205 for a 2025 first. So we're getting the 25 picks again. Here we go. <laughs> uh, 25 third and a 25 fourth. This was a weird one to me. Uh, for me personally, uh, I'll start off with this one. I would not, I would rather have the 25 first side. I, it's close to me because the 205 is not nothing, but. I just don't believe Malik Willis is ever really going to be a thing at this point. Uh, he was questionable just in terms of his ability to be a long-term starter coming out. Mm-hmm. And uh, with his passing ability, we all knew his legs would make him a fantasy, uh, a great fantasy option. But in terms of his passing ability, I don't believe a lot in Brian Robinson like some people do. I mean, he's nice when he gets some touchdowns, but he's not really catching many passes. Uh, I, I still think even if the the commanders don't, I still think Gibson is the better back there. Uh, so I think he's going to be involved. Uh, I think McKissick is signed for one more year too. Um, mm-hmm. After they resigned him last year, uh, I guess they might be able to, they probably can cut him easily if they want to, but probably. if yeah. he's there uh, th- that takes away from him as well. So I just, I don't really like any of the pieces on that side and, I do tend to devalue picks, like I said, in the last trade that are, are that far out, even first. But I'm still not giving a first for anything in that. Like Even all those pieces together, I don't want to give a first, even if it is in 2025. What about you? I, re- I agree completely. I mean, I could see Robinson playing a role now that the enemy's in Washington. Um, that's the, uh, the only real news I can think of that, that, that meant anything is that, you know, the commanders have Eric the enemy now. Uh, and I could see him, you know, using uh, Robinson kind of like a Pacheco kind of a role and Gibson more of like a Jarek McKinnon kind of a role. Uh, but the problem is, is that there's no Patrick Mahomes to make that yes. whole legend go. So uh, so I agree with you. I think the, I think the upside of uh, I think Robinson's upside is definitely lower than what the perception is. I think a ceiling is lower than what the perception is. Um, and I think the floor is lower than what the perception is. So I, I'm with you 100 percent. I, I kind of rather have the first. Okay, yeah, we pretty much agree on that one for the same reasons. So we'll move on to TA10, uh, where the next trade we have is Gabriel Davis. I think this was also Russ. Gabriel Davis Mm -hmm. for 208 and a 24 second. So why do you, Mm -hmm. Gabe Davis is kind of an interesting figure in fantasy. So why don't you kind of give your opinion on where you're at with Gabe Davis and then, and then your opinion on this trade? 
Um, well, I think Gabe Dave, we talked a little bit about Elijah Moore a minute ago about how Moore was kind of that guy that's he's kind of now that uh, bit guy that you know Garrett Wilson was the stud, he's the he's the alpha, and Moore's kind of like a role guy. So I think in the same regard, I think that Diggs is obviously the man in Buffalo. And as we really wanted Gabe Davis to be a thing, most of us did, I think, last year. Uh, and he just kind of showed us that he really wasn't, you know, the alpha or even the 1A that we wanted him to be. I think Gabe's going to give you spike games. Uh, I think it's nice. But we talked before about how uh, there's a lot of value in the seconds. And now there's you, there's a lot of guys that slip into the second that shouldn't. And now you got two shots at finding a guy um, that could be that dude. Uh, and you're giving up a guy who I don't think like we talk about, you know, value versus perceived value. I think Davis's perceived value still in the eyes of many uh, is a little higher than it need than it should be, um, just because he's tied to Josh Allen and that offense, which is understandable. Um, but for me, uh, probably would rather have those two seconds. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. So uh, not sure where you, what your take is on that, but, um, you know, it is what, I mean, I could see, you know, saying, Hey, Gabe's only 23 years old. You know, I could see the side that says maybe stick with Gabe, but I, I, like I said, I'd rather just take the shots with the two seconds, uh, just because we, we just talked about, uh, you know, you get, you know, one could be that dude. Um, and, uh, Gabe's not what we, wanted him to be i think going into this year he's going to give you the spike weeks so he's uh, assuming that one of those seconds ends up being a high second or early second i think that's like that's the move for me yeah i think i'm with you i think some people would think this is too way too low for gabe davis Mm -hmm. uh but i just i think if he was going to be a thing we would have seen it by now i know he has Mm -hmm. a spike because of spike weeks like you said Mm -hmm. but i just yeah, I just don't see it. I think he's going to be kind of that guy that every six games goes off for like 25 points for you. Mm-hmm. And then he's just a nothing for like three of the next four weeks. Yeah, and then you have this influx of young wide receivers that keeps coming in. We had him uh, this past year. We've had Garrett Wilson. We've got a bunch of other ones that came in there. Next, this coming year, we've got uh, uh, Jackson JSN. And Addison and John, a bunch of Johnson, a bunch of others that are coming in. Uh, just gonna, just to me, that's gonna, just gonna push Davis further and further down the list. So. Yep, I'm right there with you. Okay, so that means now it is time for our sleeper trade of the week. Sleeper trade of the week. Sleeper trade of the week. We're gonna talk about a trade addict trade, and it's sponsored by the sleeper app. Fortunately, people don't get the Russ dance this week because Russ isn't here if they're watching. But our sleeper trade of the week is Patrick Mahomes. This is from TA6. Patrick Mahomes traded. Okay, I'm just having a hard time getting getting ahead. Patrick Mahomes is killing us with the Super Bowl, and now he's just all over the trades today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the crazy thing about the Super Bowl, uh, getting off track for a second, is yeah. Mahomes wasn't even that good. I mean, he wasn't bad, yeah. Yeah. but – he he it's not like he did these wild things to to kind yeah. of beat the eagles I, I 
to me, that was more Andy Reid than Patrick Mahomes. They were just guys wide open all over the place. Yeah, and 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 th- thank you, Jonathan Gannon, for the lack of adjustments. Yes. No, no sacks in sixty minutes, and then just leaving two wide open players just to score touchdown and walks well, into the end zone untouched. I heard so. on the, uh, I think it was on the footballers after the uh, after the Super Bowls. So it's like Madden, where you just okay, that play worked. Let's flip it and see if it works again. Right. <laughs> it, it was so it. frustrating. So. <laughs> A lot of a lot of the cobra of defeat going on in the second half there with could, the disbelief of just they're just walking in untouched. I just, I couldn't believe it. So uh, anyway. anyway, okay, back to the trade. Enough uh, <laughs> enough of us yeah. whiny Eagles fans. Um, <laughs> but Patrick Mahomes for Kyler Murray, DK Metcalf, and again the one hundred and nine actually comes mm. up again. So I didn't. I still am not sure what I think of this. So I'm going to let you go first mm. again, Drew. <laughs> Wow. Um, hmm. I kind of. I know we're cr- we're cracking on Mahomes, but he just did some pretty amazing things on a bum wheel, and uh, he did make that. You know, he made that pretty impressive run. You know, down the stretch, they really kind of sealed the deal and put him in field goal range. Uh, I kind uh, to me, it's the best player in the deal situation for me. I kind of I like getting Mahomes. Uh, Metcalf obviously is a stud. Um, is Gino for real? Was that a mirage? We don't know. Um, I kind of in, in when in doubt for me, I'll take the best player of the deal, probably the Mahomes. So, yeah, I, I think I'm with you in the way I generally play. I probably wouldn't send Kyler DK and the 109 for Mahomes, yeah. but yeah. if I have Mahomes, mm-hmm. I think I need more than this, uh, especially yeah. Kyler's value True. is kind of at an all time low. True. DK's value may be at an all-time low, one, yes. you know, at least since it's True. like after his rookie mm-hmm. year. Yeah. And and yeah, the 109 is a nice piece. I, I get it. I mean, I don't think this is a bad deal. Mm-hmm. I just, I it's so hard to to give away a Mahomes in in, yeah. in Superflex. It's just you have to get bowled over. I don't know if this bowls me over enough. That's fair, and I I think it's a I think it's a pretty fair trade in yeah I do too concept. In concept, because like you said, you're buying two players low, but getting a first round pick, uh, and uh, both you can make an argument that both Murray and Metcalf, you know, in if they hit, are first round worthy players themselves easily, um, and so you're basically, you know, but again, to me, it's the best player in the deal kind of a thing. And Patrick Mahomes is probably the new face of the NFL now that Tom Brady's retired, yeah. um, and you're you're getting a chance to get him for uh, a quarterback with question marks. Uh, who has a head coach that I personally don't believe in <laughs> with, uh, you know, and an offense that we don't know what's happening with it. Uh, I love DK as, as a player. I, I don't, but we have, we don't know what that offense is going to look like. You know, how long is Pete Carroll going to be there? What's that kind of offense going to look like in two years? We don't know. Uh, and then one Oh nine might be something. It might not be. Um, I, I'd give me the short thing. Give me the, the best player in the deal. Give me the new goat. Yeah, and and I'm a Kyler guy too. I, I've been talking about him uh, ever since the season ended. That uh, even though I don't like to pay up for quarterbacks, I like getting undervalued quarterbacks, and I think he True. is undervalued now. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. But I mean, there definitely are question marks there, and you may not have him for a half a season. I mean, I I I am I did not look at the two teams. I assume the uh, I believe the team that got the uh, package is kind of was a somewhat of a contender last year, but it's kind of looking to rebuild reload mm-hmm. because uh, it 
J Mike's team is stacked in that league. And uh, I think he's just trying to get, get some more pieces here. And, mm-hmm. and I just, I like Kyler, but yeah, I think you need, I just think you need more. So uh, I, I would take the Mahomes side in this deal, but again, I'm still not sure I would actually send it if I had all three of those pieces. The other thing too is, yeah. uh, I mean, we mentioned you're kind of buying Murray and Metcalf low, but if I'm still Mahomes, I don't want to be buying guys low. I want to get, I want to get a stud that I know is is good now, at least, mm-hmm. rather than buying two guys low that I think are going to increase in value. Yeah. So if that pick was higher, if that one hundred and nine was like a one hundred and two or one hundred and three, or uh, then I think I think I'm much I'd be much more tempted to to take that side. Uh, but even even so, I think you're right. And with Murray, Murray's two years younger. That's part of the appeal. I think of this trade on the surface. Uh, he's younger than Mahomes, but at the same time, he's also coming off of a major injury, and he's probably not going to be the same player next year. He's not. He's certainly not going to be able to be as, mo- as mobile as we'd like him to be his first year back from that major knee injury. So that kind of erases one of those two years, you know, in a, in a way. So um, yeah, the more and more we talk about this, the more and more to me, the clearly the answer is Mahomes. So. Yeah, I, I would have to go Mahomes too. But uh, so that's your your sleeper trade of the week, brought to you by Sleeper Fantasy the fastest-growing fantasy football platform in the world. Join a new Dynasty League or migrate yours to their platform and enjoy how easy they make it to manage all your leagues in one place. Join millions of players today on Sleeper, the number one fantasy football platform. Download the app today to get started. Uh, and we're down to our last listener questions. Russ, uh, when he sees this, is going to kill me because we're going to—we're probably going to finish this pod in under an hour. I can't remember the last trade addicts <laughs> pod that went under an hour, but I guess that's—that's that's what happens when you only have two people, and Russ isn't one of them, I guess. So yeah, it's also <laughs> off season too. Off-season yes, that's well. true. Yeah, so. If we had some news, uh, we yeah. probably could at least push it over an hour. But there sure. was literally like no news that I could find that was worth talking. Yeah, about. the enemy is the only thing that really comes to mind. Is something that's noteworthy. Um, I kind of feel for for him in that situation. Uh, I kind of feel like he made uh, people call it a lateral move, but you're going from having Patrick Mahomes and probably the, yep. to to what do they what do they have Sam Howell and Ty- Taylor Heineke and who knows maybe they take a quarterback maybe they don't and it's just a mess and uh, but I think I the whole thing is he yeah. wants to he needs to get he feels he needs to get out of, under Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes' shadow if he's ever right. going to have a chance at getting a head coaching job because it's so, basically people are like well. You're not that great of an offensive coordinator. You have Andy Reid calling plays and Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball. Yeah. So, you know, what are you doing there? So mm-hmm. I think I think that's why he did it. But, yeah if, yeah, if he can make something of the Washington offense, he's definitely getting a head coaching job. So For sure. Well, I think I think part of it also is I think uh, I, you don't <laughs> we don't know if Ron Rivera is going to be there for the entire year next year either. I could see if they, they start if they fall flat, you know, that he could become he could go from offensive coordinator to interim head coach in a heartbeat. So. And I will guarantee if Sam Hamill is the starting quarterback next year, they will fall flat. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a big Howell guy. But uh, Mm. our last question is from some guy at Dynasty Outhouse. Uh, Is Danny Dimes the new Kirk Cousins? And then he gets into the 80s question. He says, too many good movies were made in the 80s. But if we're talking about, quote, 80s movies uh, as a genre, I think I have to go with Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, Princess Bride, Roger Rabbit, and Batman were all made in the 80s, but aren't really 80s movies. I get what he's saying, mm-hmm. but uh, Princess Bride was one of the first, and me and Russ have talked about this before. We, It's one of, I think, both of our favorite movies of all time. Oh, you yeah. Princess Bride guy? 
Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. I, yeah, it's no brainer. Princess Bride is. I don't know why it's not an '80s movie. I know that they obviously there's the throwback with the scene and everything else, but it, all the cuts with uh, you know um, with Fred Savage, the young Fred Savage, playing all the '80s video games. Yeah, that's to true. Me, to me, that's just it. Just it lines up perfectly as an '80s movie. I think it definitely counts. So I get it though, yeah. because a lot of it's sort of like a timeless storybook sure. thing. And I yeah. think what what Russ is saying, yeah, Ferris Bueller is sort of like an '80s time. I, by the way. I love Ferris Bueller a day off and breakfast club would have been two of like the handful mm-hmm. of answers I would have had for this question. Oh yeah. Ferris Bueller is another movie. I could probably quote like every line as I watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Go- Ghostbusters was a guilty pleasure as a kid. Ghostbusters uh, was a great was, one. That yeah. was one. Uh, I mean, for me, Empire Strikes Back, obviously, cause that's set in the eighties, not really typically an eighties movie. And uh, of course the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, E.T. is positive. You can throw that out there. That's a nice 80s movie. Uh, yeah, I think Russ is looking yeah. at a little more stuff yeah. that, you know, is evocative of the 80s, where, like you, like you said, Empire yeah. Strikes Back is, coming is to not America? 80s. Yeah. About Ooh, coming to, coming America. to America. I like that yeah. one. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, maybe Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> <laughs> Weekend at Bernie's. I haven't thought about that one. Was it, so. That was late 80s, I guess. I, I I, I think so. I yeah, think it was early night. Okay, maybe it was. Maybe it was. Maybe for some reason, I stick it in my late eighties. But I could, maybe we could. Maybe weekend burn. Weekend at Bernie's two was the nineties. Maybe yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, yeah I, Andrew McCarthy. That's quintessentially eighties, right there. Yeah. <laughs> from uh, from weekend at Bernie's. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Beverly Hills Cop. Right. Oh, that would definitely yeah. be an eighties yeah. movie. Yeah. Yes. I was thinking, you know, it's not quite in the same sort of genre that we're talking about because a lot of these are comedies, but Top Gun would definitely be like an 80s movie uh, to me. Yeah, it oh definitely yeah. evokes the 80s, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll finish up with the football question now. Uh, is Danny Dimes the new Kirk Cousins? I, 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 He might be mentioning this because Kirk Cousins is my quintessential quarterback that I've been talking about for years and years in terms of the guy I like to get because he's – eternally undervalued mm-hmm. and he finishes as a QB one literally almost every year. If you look mm-hmm. back at, at scoring like DLF can tra- has a th- as a tool where they show where a guy finishes and he's literally somewhere in the top 12, I think every year except one in his career. Mm-hmm. So uh, I- I'm guessing that's what uh, Russ is referring to here that maybe is he the new Kirk Cousins? He's going to be a guy that can finish his low end QB one. And no one's ever going to like him because he's not, he has no seal. He doesn't have the ceiling of a, you know, a Hertz or a Murray or a Jackson or whatever. So, not yet. Not yet. That's the thing. I mean, he'll, Wandale Robinson will be back next year. Um, you know, I, I really like him a lot. I like Bellinger. I think he's just kind of a, people are sleeping on him as a tight end. He showed a lot as a rookie, I think. Uh, I, I think he could be decent. Uh, we laugh at Hodgins, but he, he played pretty well. Um, so, and he had, he did all that with, with absolutely nothing at the wide receiver position last year. Yeah, and they're going to draft so, somebody. I'm probably yeah. in the first round, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's too bad. It's a shame they didn't get Devonta Smith, but you know, yeah, I was doing a so, live, uh, draft show when that happened with, uh, yeah. with, uh, Bobby Koch, who's a uh, Giants fan. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was fun when, when the Eagles jumped ahead of him uh, <laughs> and it's, it's worked, worked out really well, but I, I do think yeah. I need to see it another year before I can crown him the new Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. Uh, he definitely, you know, the rushing uh, ability definitely gives him that ability to kind of live in that low end QB one range. If he can mm-hmm. hold, you know, continue holding a job. I mean, we have to see that too. He, he, 
there was definitely question marks coming into this year, whether he would be a starter beyond this year. And, and they right. made the playoffs and he performed fairly well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's definitely going to be a starter for next year, probably for the next couple, because I'm guessing the Giants are going to resign him. I think there's been some talk about that already, that they're, they'll probably franchise him if they have to, but they're looking to resign him, I think, to mm-hmm. a, some kind of reasonable multi-year deal. Yeah, so, the reasonable is. I think this, from the sounds of it, they're they're nowhere close because I think was it Jones went forty five million a year. I think, uh, yeah, which is kind of what I think more line more along the lines of what Jalen Hurts might get. He might be getting like forty million plus. Yes, we'll see. But uh, I, I I can't see it with Daniel Jones uh, that kind of money yet. So I definitely can see that the franchising him. Hey, show it to us one more year. I mean, which ironically. That's what Washington did with Kirk Cousins. So yeah, they franchised them, you know, twice. So, yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so that's a fair question, and uh, I think you you make a great point about um, about about Jones with his rushing ability. That's something Kirk Cousins never had. Right. So I think he's got a higher. I think he definitely has a higher floor for sure, and I think the ceiling can only go up from here. So. Yeah, and I, I do think Kirk Cousins is a better passer than, than Danny is, even though everyone hates mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins. Uh, but but I think they can be similar fantasy wise if if uh, Jones can have can work this into where he's starting. He's a guaranteed starter every year. The way Cousins is, I mean, Cousins is now into his thirties and has been a starter forever. Yeah, uh, if, if Danny Dimes gets to that point, I think he could be that guy because I don't think he's ever. Just the way, you know, we're four years into his career and he's he's not been any kind of superstar or anything. So even if he continues to, because of his rushing ability, kind of mm-hmm. be in that QB 10 to 15 range going forward, I don't think anyone's still going to really ever want to pay much for him. So he could be that kind of yeah. guy that people like who play quarterback like me and Superflex could could get for a very, very reasonable uh, price and get the production they need from that spot while they're upgrading other positions. Yeah, he's a great target. I mean, he had 708 rushing yards, yep. seven touchdowns on the ground. Uh, so yeah, I mean, and that's not that's like you were saying about yeah. we were saying about her. I mean, that's not that far off from Hertz's numbers. I think no. Hertz is like 780 and 10 or something like that. Yeah, 763 and 13. He had uh, and, he had more uh, rushing touchdowns yeah. than I thought this year. But yeah. yeah, so yeah, so Allen Allen had seven rushing touchdowns, 762 yards. Uh, here's the, the cool thing. The thing about Jones that's interesting to me, he only had 15 touchdowns. Um, I mean, and a lot of that was they were trying to run Saquon much for as much as they could, as long as they could. And that they uh, had no receivers. And they had no receivers, <laughs> exactly. Um, but he only threw five interceptions. That's the thing. The entire season, he threw five picks. So he, threw, he had 16 games. He, six, played every, he played every. Uh, games. Well, he didn't play the last game because the they, game they, they benched all the starters. Yeah. Right. But, I mean, if you, you look at who played, you know, who played that many games, you know, uh, Allen had 14 picks. Hertz had six. So he had a great season, obviously. Uh, Fields had 11, you know, uh, uh, Geno Smith had 11. Mahomes had 12. I mean, uh, he's not, obviously we're not going to compare him. Back right, to right. But, but do you get the idea though? He, really he, pro- good number, yeah. he did, he did a really good job of protecting the football. So that's, I mean, and, uh, you, you think with a lot of stone handed receivers, you know that would lead that would lend itself to some more like oops interceptions, but uh, um, he definitely played very very well. I think better than most of us want to admit. So I think it's a gr- I think he's a fantastic target. I think you're right. Okay, and that's that's the end of our show sheet. So that's the end of our show. I will say one more thing. I don't even know if you are familiar with it, but some kind of wonderful underrated '80s movie, by the way. Um, oh. 
but anyway, that that is the end of our show. I want to thank Drew again for coming on. Uh, Drew, I want you to just remind everyone uh, your Twitter handle and where they can find all your stuff again, like we talked about at the beginning. Sure, uh, at Drew Delaware on Twitter and uh, writing it for QB List. So I'll have some articles coming up here. Uh, in the coming days and uh, pretty soon, actually, some Q&As. I was fortunate enough uh, to go out to Arizona uh, and cover the Super Bowl, and I was able to get in on some press conferences there uh, and interview um, uh, Dallas Goddard. So that's going to be coming up in the next week or so. Uh, I have one with Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, uh, Brandon Graham, Jason Kelsey, uh, and a few others, uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. So uh, there'll be some Q&A articles and things uh, along of that nature. A uh, little bit of a, a branch off from my typical uh, uh, work, which is more covering sit-start stuff um, and, uh, you know, game breakdowns primarily for the Eagles, but for other teams as well. Uh, so uh, also do the rankings on Fantasy Pros. So you can check me out there. Uh, but appreciate you having me on, Rock. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it definitely was. Uh, look forward to talking to you again at some point. Uh, but with that, we will finish up with uh, just reminding you, I'm at uh, Dynasty FF Addicts on Twitter. You can find Russ, of course, at Dynasty Outhouse, the pods at Trade Addicts Pod. Uh, if you want to uh, watch the show while we record it uh, and, and see uh, Drew's lovely face here or whoever <laughs> the guest is that week, uh, you can subscribe to the Patreon at Trade Addicts, uh, patreon.com slash Trade Addicts Pod. Uh, there's different tiers. Uh, you can get into the Cool Kids Club. There's a lot of great people in there. Uh, it's our Discord chat. And uh, you can also, like I said, watch the show. And I think, oh, FF Pod Shirts, that's StoreEnvy.com. I have to remind everybody of that. Uh, SFB 12 stuff, I believe, is still in there. I'm sure the SFB 13 stuff will be coming in just a few short months. Uh, there's also a whole bunch of other kind of podcasts, all the DAP network stuff, trade addicts, uh, merch, uh, dynasty junkies, get, get real with Casey Kasem, another great pod, uh, fantasy timeline who hopefully will be uh, coming back soon. I know they're taking a little break now and uh, I'm pretty sure Russ still has stuff from other pods in there. I think some that don't even exist maybe anymore. I know he just mentioned that recently a dynasty diagnostic just recently kind of left the store and they, they, I don't think they've recorded an episode for like two years. So, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so a lot of great stuff there. Make sure you're following the DAP network, make sure to uh, leave a rating and review on the pod. And I think that's everything I need to say at the end of the show here. So thanks again, Drew. Good night. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Great Addict Podcast. A member of the DLS family of podcasts. And a proud member in the Dynasty Addict Podcast Network. Please follow your hosts at Dynasty and at Dynasty FF Addict. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We will catch you next time on the Trade Addict Podcast. Poopy pants. That is the best. <laughs> <laughs> See ya.